0: Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Alrighty, I'm going to talk all about fear. And I'm just going to set the scene. I'm sat in a car that is completely black blacked out. It's night time. It's about 8.30, 8.42pm on New Year's Eve and there's a campsite full of people having a good old time, having a little celebration, getting loose, having some drinks and classic me, I just don't do well in a crowd. I'm not really very good in a social situation, especially when I'm in nature. I love to be quiet and still and intentionally. Um, slow and peaceful in nature. So when I'm camping, the thought of making noise and celebrating is just not my cup of tea. So I thought I'd come and um, record this podcast instead. So today I'm going to talk on fear and what that means, what that looks like, why we experience fear and how we can stop ourselves from being restricted by feeling fear. So fear Um, can be two things. Fuck everything and run. It's a nice little analogy there. Um, Fuck everything and run or feel everything and rise. So the idea is to have the right amount of rational fear so that it saves um, your life and saves kind of getting injured or things going wrong. Obviously, we need fear. It's an inbuilt feeling to keep us safe and to stop us doing silly things taking adverse risks or putting ourselves in physical danger the problem being that we actually live in a really safe world predominantly most of us I'm talking about western society I'm assuming if you're listening to this you don't live in a war zone that you um, aren't in a position where your life is in danger on the daily that there aren't um, really life-threatening sources of um, things to be afraid of. So fear in your life. Uh, potentially there are. Potentially you have a genuine fear about having a cancer diagnosis or you are in a domestic violence situation and you fear for your life quite frequently or you have a fear for a loved one who has an addiction and they're doing things. And I i am very sorry that you're experiencing that because unfortunately if we experience fear on the on the regular and I'm going to talk about anxiety as well a little bit but if we are in a state of fight or flight which is Um, fear, you're going to change your hormones, you're going to change your sympathetic nervous system, you're going to change your cortisol levels, you're going to increase your stress levels. It's actually going to have lasting physical effects on your health and well-being and therefore we need to try and limit the amount of fear we experience on a day-to-day so that we can prolong our longevity and our health physically. I'm not going to go into the science behind it because I don't know much about the science behind it. I'm just going to talk more about fear when it arises as a feeling and as a thought and how we can counteract it or how we can use that fear to guide us towards positive changes and reducing the amount of fear that we'll experience later on. So at this campsite I've asked a few people throughout the day when I say the word fear what comes up? And fascinatingly, I thought it was really interesting, the kids, anyone below 17, I asked four below 17-year-olds, didn't have an answer. They were jokingly, one said going to the pub, the other one said, I think there was a, a music playing they didn't like, so they said the type of music trance. Um, another one said, he, all he think, I said, what do you think about when I say the word fear, what comes to mind? And he just spelled it out, he just said F-E-A-R. All I see is the letters. So they're not associating a feeling with fear, which is fantastic. You don't want kids to have experienced fear. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of children do experience fear. But I think it's healthy and and desirable that the average child up until later in life doesn't really experience fear all that much. And then I asked some of the adults. And there were some silly sort of defensive responses because I guess they felt maybe it was too deep a question um, or maybe they were afraid to share their fear and they didn't want to sound silly. One guy said fish. So that is probably an irrational fear, but certainly a fear. Um, Someone else said um, other people experience fear, but he doesn't. He was just being a bit of an idiot. He's reading a book on Arnold Schwarzenegger who claims that... um, he doesn't feel fear. Only other people do. Um, Fear of being in the dark and um, fear of being misunderstood, which translates actually as not being accepted, which is an innate um, human need is to feel like we belong. And if you want to go and um, listen to the difference between fitting in uh, versus belonging, I did a podcast two episodes ago all on that. So fitting in versus belonging, we need to belong. And a fear of not belonging is huge, huge, especially in this world of social media, comparison, looks, um, expectation on our appearance, whether we're fit enough, slim enough, pretty enough, young enough. The list goes on. For some people, it can turn into a genuine fear of if I don't look a certain way, I will not then be accepted. Therefore, I won't belong. Therefore, I will be forever alone. Therefore, I won't survive. Because back when we were um, primordial beings, just kind sort of caveman, cave women, if we didn't belong, we would we would die. We would perish. We had to be part of a tribe. We had to be part of um, a community. So. There's a real need to belong but unfortunately in this day and age we've translated that as we need to look a certain way to then be accepted, to then belong. So one way we can counteract fear is by rationalizing it, stripping it back, keep keep asking the question, kind of digging deeper, is that actually something to be afraid of is that actually going to put my life at risk is that actually going to cause me harm is that actually going to be detrimental to my well-being and my health and my physical state and you can look at it really practically and this is the difference between fear and anxiety and there's lots of different ways that fear can arise it can be an acute overwhelming intense sense of fear we've all had it where we wake up sit up in the middle of the night because we hear a noise and we think we're being burgled or we think someone's broken in or somebody jumps out at you and it's this sudden shock and it's still a type of fear but it's sort of like an intense shortened but elevated extreme version of it or we can have a fear that is just a gut-wrenching feeling that Goes on and on and on. Maybe you're in a plane and you're not a very good flyer and it lasts for the whole duration of the journey. Or maybe you're in a relationship and you can feel somebody is emotionally drifting away from you and you can have months of fear that they're going to leave you or that it's going to end. Or you can sense that um, you're going to get sacked in your job or something. And with all fear, it's felt. It's a very visceral, human-like body physical reaction. It's very hard to think fear and not associate some sort of physical feeling with that fear. Most people will feel fear in their gut. Will feel fear as a sort of a really sort of in your organs, in your in your soul, in your in your kind of. Inner center. Um, obviously, your heart will pound. You get sweaty palms. Your heart will race, and your you know, the hairs will stand up on your um, on your arms and on the back of your neck, and you'll get like a shiver thing. But it's actually a really deep, internal kind of rocks the soul kind of feeling, and that is the the sort of fear if it lingers and if it stays for a number of um, weeks, months, days, however long can be really chronic and really dangerous. So there, that's the kind of fear that we need to rationally talk ourselves out of. So I'm just going to share a couple of fears that I have, um, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. A fear of failure. So my self-worth is directly linked to the amount I feel, and it's obviously just a perception, that I achieve But I'm constantly, and I'm working on this because I know it's not healthy, constantly seeking validation from others, from the internet, from social media, from my peers, from my athletes or sports um, friends on my sports teams, from my parents, from just friends, from even strangers, constantly seeking validation in case, um, or rather to proper up... (laughs) my sense of worth and therefore i'm trying to achieve and which i think is the opposite of failure um i mean we could go into failure as a whole other topic a whole other podcast probably the opposite of failure is not not achieving oh sorry the opposite is failure is not achieving the opposite of failure i think is actually learning so they're kind of the same Coin two sides of the same coin. So, if we can flip the narrative, and if we haven't achieved, that does not mean we have failed. If we haven't achieved, it means that potentially there's a lesson there. So it's just it's taking a, a more positive approach to a failure. But unfortunately, uh, the brain, if you are someone who fears failure, will default setting try and find examples of failure all the time. A little bit like someone who's really good at putting themselves down, they will find fault in themselves constantly if they look in the mirror, they will find all the things they don't like about themselves, they'll find all the things that they wish they could change about their appearance. Similarly, I will go through my day and I work really hard at not doing this, but my default setting, through my upbringing, through my very strict schooling, through um, a lot of pressure from my grandparents and from my um, adults in my life as a kid I was sort of conditioned to focus on all of my shortcomings focus on what I had failed at which in turn made me feel like a failure so I encompass a failure which ludicrous when you think about it I have I am not a failure I have achieved lots I have Um, nice personality, I've got a lot of positive attributes but there are some times where I wake up and I feel like I'm a failure and that is a real source of fear that drives me. I don't want to feel like a failure. Feeling like a failure makes me want to do um, detrimental, dangerous and life-threatening things to myself aka starving myself and trying to take my life. So I don't want to feel like a failure and so there's a fear I have a fear of feeling like a failure or being a failure which drives me so a lot of my friends and even strangers have said "Mm, you're a bit intimidating Liv oh my gosh you're a little bit intense or wow you're really going for it oh that's a bit much I know it is because I don't want to feel like a failure I have a fear of that feeling and therefore it's kind of um self-fulfilling, the more I feel like a failure, the more I have to do to try not to feel like a failure but the more I fall short of my expectations on myself. So really dangerous fear to have because eventually it will push one one to um, extremes that are um, unmaintainable or dangerous for the health. Um, Or you're in such high pursuit of your goals, maybe career goals or um, extreme sports or You're working yourself um, into the ground, burning the candle at both ends, that you end up losing people in your life, losing connections, losing love, losing meaningful things. So that's another fear, the fear of loss. And often people are so afraid of losing, they do things that actually end up pushing people away anyway. They kind of self fulfill their fear by being extreme with trying to control. So there's three fears that I'm going to talk about. I've just spoken about fear of failure. There's fear of loss. And then there's fear of not being in control. And the the loss, fear of loss, and the fear of not being in control very closely linked together. And unfortunately, the more we try and control, the more we're likely to lose the things that we want. I will use anorexia as an example. The more I was in control... Of my eating, the more I controlled my exercise routine, the more I controlled my rest period, my sleep, the more I controlled my weight, the more I lost out of life. The more you control anyone or anything, the more you're going to lose of that. Because if you restrict anything, you're going to crush its soul, its potential, its energy. If you control anything, It's going to become smaller put a tiger in a cage you're going to ruin its soul Um, smother your colleagues and control everything they do they're not going to work as creatively and efficiently and effectively control your children and they're going to rebel and they're going to hate and resent you when they're adults control your partner and they're not going to feel like they're loved in a way that they can be authentically themselves unfortunately If you have had quite a turbulent experience of life, if you have had adverse things happen to you, if you've had a lot of change that you weren't expecting, you weren't um, able to deal with, so change as a child, or that you didn't want, so unwelcome change, i.e. the separation of parents, the more likely you will be to have a fear of losing control later in life. So it's no wonder that if your parents separate, you might become OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, or you could. I. It's not this, but you could say obsessive control disorder, um, or you might start restricting your food, anorexia. Putting my hand in the air. So, unfortunately, I still have a fear of not being in control. And personally, which might be quite helpful t- for people to know, I am so curious as to why people do what they do why people say what they say and why people behave in the way that they behave because I am trying to make sense of people so that I feel in control in social situations because when my parents separated when I was quite young I didn't expect that. That came out of the blue. And that separation led to a multitude of changes in my life that I didn't want. And I wasn't emotionally equipped to deal with. And therefore, at that time, on a subconscious level, I tried to control the very few things that I did have control over, which was my food intake and my exercise amount. So now, I don't control my food and I don't control my exercise But I do still want to feel in control when I'm around people because two specific people changed my life so significantly that I nearly ended my life. So anytime somebody acts in a way that doesn't make sense to me or is in a way that is different to how I would act or is just quite unique, I'm always trying to figure out why, which is exhausting and the reality is, I mean, I'm 35 and it's taken a long time to realize this. no one knows why they do what they do. There's years worth of conditioning and influence and personality and values and morals and experience to lead to that one moment where someone has done what they have done or said what they have said. But for me to feel safe and for me to feel in control and for me to not have a fear of the uncertainty of people, I'm constantly trying to understand people, which is why I read up on um, philosophy, psychology, um, sociology, why probably I even talk about these topics on these podcasts because I'm always trying to understand people. The challenge is accepting that most people don't even know themselves, let alone are they allowed or able Not allowed, sorry, but able to explain that to me, to reassure me that I will be safe. So it's very complex and fears are predominantly, I'm not going to say um, always, but predominantly have a little ounce of irrationality about them yes of course there are fears that we need to have we need to have this ability to recognize when our life is in danger and we need to be able to escape from that situation or act appropriately to avoid the harm that could be done but so many fears are a little bit if not hugely irrational and that leads me to anxiety so i think i've spoken on anxiety in a previous episode and i um Encourage you to look back. I have spoken to my beautiful friend. I'm not going to name this person, but they suffer from anxiety and um, I've read up a lot on anxiety. I used to have anxiety, crippling anxiety, and I was medicated for it for 10 years anti anxiety medication. And the cruel fact about anxiety is that it is an irrational fear of the future, it is a fear of something that hasn't happened. If you're feeling fear because of a situation that you're experiencing in the present, in the here and now, that is fear. Anxiety is an amplified, often irrational fear of something that has not happened. So it's your body and your mind working together to prepare you to avoid, fight, or work with a situation that you are preempting is going to cause you fear in the future. Now, most anxiety is completely pointless because the thing you're most afraid of happening possibly doesn't ever happen anyway. Or by being anxious about it, you're not able to rationally approach the situation that you are afraid of and you cannot this is a really cruel fact of anxiety you can't really rationally talk someone down from it so if somebody is afraid of um i was actually i was afraid of winter i had i had crippling anxiety in winters it started when i was about 7 um and i'd have panic attacks and i would just be crippled and paralyzed by fear i'd cry every night i'd have to be around my parents all the time It was all-consuming. It was this horrific kind of wash, like a wave of agonising, acute, intense fear for days on end, just around winter, really. I'm not really sure why. And then I would get scared about being scared. So it was like a double wave of anxiety because I'd start getting anxiety in about November, December. Um, And then winter would really hit in January, Feb. And I was already anxious about feeling anxious partly one of the reasons why I live in Australia, so I don't have to deal with, with that. But the anxiety is usually around for far longer than the actual source of fear is around. And the only way to positively counteract anxiety is to, in small and safe and supportive increments, face the thing you're afraid of. So when you have a child who's having nightmares and needs to sleep in your bed until the age of 10, allowing that child to constantly sleep in your bed is only going to make the anxiety worse, is only going to make the fear amplified, and is only going to cause the behavior to become more ingrained and worse. So you have to approach the anxiety by leaning in and facing it And um, it's called um, just exposure therapy, essentially. But you just need to gently uh, put that person in front of whatever it is they're anxious about. It's the only way. You have to face your fear to get over anxiety. I took up skateboarding a couple of years ago, and I was absolutely petrified. My body is... Uh, such a tool for me, for my work, for my social life, for my sport, for my health, for my mental health, for my well-being, for my physical. I I need to be able to use my body. And I was absolutely petrified, shaking, like hyperventilating, sweating, heart racing, clammy palms, like the, the whole, just by standing on a board. But on the bottom of my board, I have put, think of the growth. So I've painted the bottom of my deck. Think of the growth. If you stand in your fear and don't move, you will not move from that point and you'll never progress and you'll never get over that fear. You have to move through your fear. Every time I dropped in, it could take me an hour. It could take me actually one drop in, which is where you have the board on a 90 degree angle and there's a slope underneath it. One drop in took me a year to accomplish and my skateboard coach said Libby you've absolutely got the technique there's nothing stopping you but your mind fear is stopping you from doing this and I was so cross with myself because I want to grow I want to move forward through the fear and through um, facing the fear of dropping in which I did do on 365th day of, of fate trying to face it I have grown mentally I've become more resilient I've become um, braver I know that I can combat my mind so when I was anorexic my mind was telling me to do really dangerous unhelpful um, unhealthy things by dropping in I'm actually I'm in control of myself rather than my mind is control of myself I am able to make decisions that are going to better me, better my confidence, better my risk taking, better my growth. Instead of letting fear keep me small, fear keep me still, fear keep me grounded. To be living is to be moving, is to be changing, is to be growing. If you're not moving, if you're stuck, if you're literally static, to me, you're not living. You're just existing. You're not living, you're not thriving, you're not growing. To live is to grow. To grow is to live. Same, same. So you own. You can only grow if you face your fear. So let's take a fear of being a passenger in a car, which I actually do have. I hate being a passenger of a car because I don't feel in control. So the, the top three fears for me, fear of failure, fear of loss and abandonment and fear of control being in a car as a passenger I, I really just dislike it, so I start by just sitting in the car with someone that I trust isn't a boy racer or isn't going to try and show off their driving skills, not going on a four by four track um, maybe suggesting that I drive at nighttime but I can sit in a car with somebody else, asking the driver to turn off distraction so if I get in an Uber very rare that I do that because I'm not comfortable. Can you please turn the music off? Please, please can you um, make sure your phone alerts are off? And then I know they're not going to get distracted. Limit the risk. And these are a bit extreme, but for me, I'm still working on feeling OK with being a passenger in a car i will never get in a car with someone that has just passed their test and they are the sole driver i don't mind if there's i actually went in the car today with someone who's learning on the learner plates parents are in the car but i said i'm a nervous passenger please can you just go slow but people that are uh driving beyond their means and they think they're better than they are mm yeah you're not gonna get me in that car so Facing the fear in little increments, little bits at a time um, is absolutely going to help with anxiety and helping you to overcome anxiety because we learn from experience. And I think sometimes another thing that we do is we get so wrapped up in the feeling of fear that we forget that we have got to this point in our lives. Let's say you're 40. Let's say you're 20. Let's say you're 35 like me. We have to remember that life is such an amazing example that we can look back on. We have had, I have had 35 years of experience to know that, yeah, I'm going to feel fear, but it's not going to harm me. It's not going to end my life. It's not, I'm not going to be putting myself at risk. If I face the fear and overcome it and get through it, Tick. That's another example of a time where I haven't listened to fear, I've not let it stop me, I've grown and I've come through it. So if you're afraid of something, just think back to the last time that you uh, experienced that. Obviously, if you are deeply afraid of surfing because you broke your leg the last time you went surfing, maybe that's too wild a leap. But Don't let it stop you going for a swim in the ocean, or don't let it stop you um, doing something similar. And also, a lot of people are scared of things without anything that's ever happened to them. So you might say, Oh, are you scared of um, getting in a car? Have you ever been in a car crash? No, I've never been in a car crash. I've literally never had an accident. For me, it's wrapped up about control. So look to all of those times. I um, had a little girl in my life um, in a previous relationship, she was petrified of going to sleep and I calculated, I can't remember the exact number, but I said to her, you have been to sleep 5,000 and something, something, something plus times, have you not woken up every single morning after facing that fear 5,000 plus times and she couldn't argue with that. So use your life experience and think, actually, when have I felt this sort of fear, gone through it anyway, come out the other end absolutely um, unaffected, untarnished, unharmed and moved on and grown from it. So I think we we forget sometimes we, we as a default, look for examples to validate our fear and to make sure that we keep the fear instead of Looking at examples to maybe quash the fear and go, hmm, do I really need to be afraid of that because I've got this, this, this and this. So a massive fear is um, of being hurt, loving someone and losing. A massive fear is being abandoned. A massive fear is being undervalued, underappreciated and dumped or just left um, ghosting I think is a horrific thing that people do these days it's so appalling to me I think it's so rude and it's so senseless and just awful but it's a thing so if you're not sure ghosting is when you basically having a nice conversation with someone and they cut you out their life they, they they remove all trace of themselves so you can't get in touch um happens to me quite frequently but having a fear of losing something unfortunately goes back to you're going to create the thing you're afraid of by trying to control it by trying to um, be over invested in making sure that that fear doesn't come true so if I'm afraid of losing someone chances are I'm going to smother them I'm going to let's take it as a relationship example if I if I'm dependent upon someone and I'm afraid that they're going to dump me or leave me chances are I'm going to be way too much, too intense. I'm going to be too all overbearing. I'm not going to give them independence to go on holiday, do their own thing, to have their own interests, to have their own friends, to have their own hobbies. Um, And in doing so, fear of losing them is going to make me just be like a leech, which is probably going to make them want to leave in the first place. This has happened to me the opposite way around. Somebody was absolutely petrified of losing me and it just drove me away because I felt completely claustrophobic and it was all too much so I think it's really important as always 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 self awareness it's really important to identify your fear and then second to that acknowledge how that is showing up in your life and how that's changing your behaviors your thoughts and your actions so I know I am a control freak. I know I am a control You don't need to know why you have that fear, but it might help. So I'll break it down. I have a fear of not being in control because when I was a child, my life changed in so many ways overnight. I didn't feel in control and I felt like I had to control my food intake and my weight to feel safe, to feel like I could gain some sort of control. In doing so, that nearly ended my life. Now, I still like to feel in control because I haven't learned to just go with the flow because I still have that inbuilt fear of if everything around me changes way too quickly, I'm not equipped to deal with that and I will resort to the same behaviors that I had in the past. So it's best if I don't let that happen and I control my life around me. However, I recognize that being controlling. Of my time, being controlling of how I spend every day, what I want to do, and making sure that I pack every minute of every day because I don't want to waste a day. That's a whole other conversation. Um, I have a lot of guilt, survivor guilt. Like now, I feel like I have to make the most of every single day because I I survived um, death. A whole other thing, but because I control so much of my life, I. Unwantingly push people away. I intimidate people. I'm not very approachable. I don't make many um, changes to my day to accommodate other people. I would never sit, and this is no judgment, but personally, I'd never sit in a pub for three plus hours, two plus hours in a day, because I think that's a complete waste of time, and I'm not in control of that situation. I don't, I don't, I don't desire to do that. So in doing that, I isolate myself, and I. Unfortunately, feel lonely a lot of the time. All of that is because I feel a a fear of not being in control. The only way I am going to crack this is by letting go of control. So this um, New Year's, I was invited down to camping, and I have not called the shots at all. So we've gone to the beach, Hamelin Bay. We've gone to um, a little gorge. We've gone to different day trips. We went to Nana. We went to the brewery. None of it have I controlled. I've just actively focused, because I knew I was doing this podcast, I focused on facing my fear of needing to be in control and just gone, okay, yep, cool, okay, sure, let other people call the shots, which I obviously haven't told people I'm doing this, but I feel quite proud and I've now got evidence to back up that my fear of not being in control was completely pointless because I had an amazing time. I've not controlled anybody's schedule. I've certainly not controlled my schedule. And therefore, all of that fear of not being in control, pretty pointless because I've had a wicked time. So find out what your fear, your genuine fear is. Nothing silly like afraid of the dark or afraid like what's your actual fear? We strip it back. Is it being abandoned? Is it being misjudged? Is it being Misunderstood. Is it not being accepted for your authentic self? Are you living on, in a way that you know isn't true to who you are? Are you? And I um, wasn't really going to share this, but we've got here, and I'm not going to name names. I was chatting to a lady who I thought we were getting on like a house on fire. She has a fear of being um, homosexual. She has a fear of confronting the fact that she likes women and she wants to date women. So she called the whole thing off quite abruptly. And actually that's what sparked this podcast. So she's, because of the fear and because she's not ready to face that fear and take teeny weeny little steps, she has, she's sabotaging her authentic self. So she's not going to be with a woman. She's not going to experience love that could be like the most beautiful thing she's ever experienced. She's not going to get and um, kind of an experience that she's wanted for years because she's letting fear. And I asked her, I said, what are you afraid of? She had, she didn't answer. I um, don't know whether that's because she doesn't know the answer or she just felt like she couldn't articulate it or that she felt she it wasn't my business. But it's so sad. So what are you doing in your life based on fear that if you just weren't so afraid, you would do differently? And start small. Be kind on yourself. To face a fear is is huge. And you're going to get overwhelmed. And it's going to be way too much, way too soon if you try and just overcome your fear overnight. Some people do. Cold turkey, just jump straight in, feet first. I think that's probably going to send you into shock or be too much and overwhelming. So hopefully I have given a little bit of insight into um, fear. What different types of fear that we experience and how we can overcome fear one thing I do just want to end on is the fear of judgment and people um, basically you feeling like you're not going to be accepted or tolerated or appreciated or valued or um, belong because people are judging you wrong and usually that (coughs) excuse me usually that translates as changing your appearance or buying the latest car when you absolutely can't afford it or um, projecting a wealth that you don't have. I'm going to cough again, excuse me. (coughs) What I would say is that unfortunately, most people, even if you think you're fooling them, can see right through that. So don't think just because you're doing something to um, change your appearance, to kind of present as younger than you are somehow you're going to be more accepted you don't want that person to accept and love you for a younger perception of who you actually are you want to be with someone that accepts and loves you for exactly who you are who looks their age if not older who doesn't care about the way you look why do you want to be with someone who is um Accepting and loving a part of you that isn't actually you. So all this Botox craze and looking skinny phase and trying to not look older phase and yeah, great. You might attract someone, but you're going to attract someone that only wants someone that looks young or only wants someone that looks skinny. So then you're stuck in this cycle of this. You have to keep fulfilling that want from the other person or that source of appreciation. So. I don't know how, maybe I need to do a whole another episode on judgment of others. I don't know how people, or what people need to hear to stop caring about what other people think of them. I, did, I need to give it more thought, but it's just written on my page, a fear of judgment, something I have never had. I have a fear of not being enough, which is different, to not being judged, but I just don't care. If someone doesn't like the way I look or if someone doesn't like my hair or if someone doesn't like what I'm doing, that's not the kind of person I want in my life. I want someone who's embracing me for who I am. So, yeah, I think for a lot of people, especially women, a fear of judgment is a big fear. But we've got to try and find a way to be okay with knowing that. There will be people that won't like you for absolutely no reason whatsoever. They just will look at you and think, "Nah, don't like the look of you or don't like the feel of you or the sense of you or they'll just hold a grudge. They're not your people." So don't try and win them over. And unfortunately, not everyone will like you. In fact, probably more people will not like you than than like you. So yeah, I'm going to do I'm go, I am. I'm going to do an episode on fear of judgment and how to not care about what people think. I've already done one but that was 2 years ago. So we'll revisit that. Um I hope you don't now have all these fears whizzing around in your head, but please try and identify your fears. Take one at a time and what can you do just to face that fear so that you can feel everything and rise through it, not fuck everything and run because you're not going to grow and you're not going to move forward. Um hope that helps guys have a wonderful new year i'm sure it's new year now that um you're listening to this and i hope you've had an amazing festive season and let's make 2024 even better and more enriching and more self-awareness than all the years before all right lots of love take care Bye.